and welcome back to the AMIP podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Wise. Today, we're going to be talking about Warren County Career Center. Today, I have with me Bob Sheehan, who was a high school counselor for many years and also with Sinclair for many years. Now, he's working on the adult education side of WCCC. He has a diverse background for networking, providing industry education solutions, and workforce development. He came out of his second retirement, as he describes, to join Warren County and works on many projects. For AMIP listeners, let's explore your background a little bit, Bob. Okay, I, I, I came from Northeast Ohio, Steel Town. Mm-hmm. Okay, up by Youngstown, Niles. Okay, so that was Steel Country. I was transplanted to UC. Basically, I went there to play football. That was it. That's what located me to this area. So I stayed there afterwards. I got my master's degree and everything else. I located basically just north of I-75 in Troy for a couple of years as a counselor. But then most of my career, I was in a high school on I-75 called Northridge. Basically, what it was, was a Appalachian community right on I-75, like a lot of them, a lot of the districts on I-75 because of the manufacturing companies like Fisher Body, GM, everything else. And they would recruit, just like the construction industry recruits Kentucky and Tennessee, leave your farm, come up here, stay in a trailer Monday through Friday, Friday night, head back home, and then get up here Monday morning, go back to work in the manufacturing industry, okay? So Dayton was a GM manufacturing town. I was involved as a counselor with parents who were in the manufacturing field as workers. Uh, they, they would go in as laborers and then work their way in, whether they went into management or anything else. But the pay that they were making was a hell of a lot more than they would make in Kentucky or, ten, or Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that that was one of the reasons. And, and and like I said, construction companies like Danis and everybody else recruit the heck out of that that workforce because they they need it. Uh, so that was my initial working with them because a lot of the parents and students that I was working with were also going into the skilled trades, bricklayers union, this, and, and the apprenticeship program. And then the school of choice would be Sinclair for their type of uh, career pathways. The community colleges like Cincinnati and Sinclair can offer. You're dealing with that also because you have two great schools that teach advanced mm-hmm. manufacturing uh, in your region. You take Cincinnati State and Sinclair, you, you're covering all aspects of the manufacturing pipeline. So that's where I got my first industry commitment. And then when I went to Sinclair after 30 years in Northridge, I, I was at Sinclair working on workforce development. And one of the pieces I was working with was advanced manufacturing in the high schools on the tech prep side of the house and IT. And so that then brought me into Warren County, Butler County, uh, because of uh, all the schools there. Coordinated a lot with the community colleges of Sinclair and, of course, Cincinnati State. So it really got me into the career centers more and everything else. So as a counselor, I was tied into Miami Valley CTC, which is the third largest career center in the state. Between I-70 and the Kentucky River, you have the three largest career centers in the state of Ohio. You're currently at the Warren County Career and Technical Center. What makes those students or that region different than where you've been in the past? We're a little bit different than the Oaks. We're a little bit different than uh, Butler Tech. The Oaks and Butler Tech are either one or two in the state of the OTCs. We're number eight in Warren County. What we do is that we're a little bit more nimble because they do CAN-type programs. Dave does customized programs based on assessments and testing. Those are the things that uh, could be very helpful. Yeah, I think for you know a lot of these OTC programs, they almost need to be more competency-based at this point because 
one, you know, we do have this skills gap where, you know, we need people who can do X, Y, and Z for all these different employers, and that's what they're looking for, or, right. or people who are willing to learn that. And so for me, it doesn't really make sense to have some of these apprenticeships or training programs that are based on, hey, let's spend X amount of hours doing this. Like a cosmetologist, they have to get in the state of Kentucky, I think it's like 400 hours. Some people can pick up things so much quicker. You know, if they're picking it up and they're able to do that, those are the people that need to be employed in manufacturing 100%. And they can work their way up in a manufacturing company. There's no question about it. Dave Gwynn is our coordinator for uh, advanced manufacturing. And he had an uh, an adult student in his 900-hour module training uh, advanced manufacturing program. And he was already hours ahead finishing because it's self-paced. HTNA already offered him a contract. Their new hires come in on first shift. He had to finish his night program early, which started at 530, so he could make that first shift new hire commitment that the union requires. So uh, Dave was able to do that. And then the other thing is we're using assessments that HTNA proved of going in that they could come in at level two union scale instead of level one because our, our assessments and our training matches up with their union specs. So instead of going in at 27 bucks an hour, the guy's going to go in on like at 35 an hour. That's unreal. Uh, and you have to have that flexibility. Well, at $35 an hour is insane to me because honestly, when I first got out of college, I was a broadcasting major. I worked at a news station. I was making $11.40 an hour. Oh my God. That's where everybody pushed me was college. Paying all these student loans, it makes me a little sad. <laughs> I, I think the fact that what you're doing with AMIP, coordinating the educational pipeline, how you can take a company like HTNA and create the entry-level pipeline for people wanting to get in started. But then what we do with the customized training, they had like five employees that had been there for 15 years. They didn't want to put them in a canned program. So what we had to do was give them assessments to mm-hmm. see where their strengths and weaknesses were, whether it's cinematics or blueprint reading or whatever. And then they would create custom programs for each of those five individuals. And so they were not taking a canned program, but a specialized program. And then when we did created the internship program for them, what we did was, again, select an aptitude instrument that the union would sign off on as well as management out of the 11 people that were applying for the uh, internship. We were able to, because we, we create, we do all the paperwork. We're an approved apprenticeship program for the state of Ohio and industrial and electrical and all the manufacturing areas. So we're able to deliver that skilled training for that company without them having to do all the paperwork and everything else. So it goes the same way with tech cred. Mm-hmm. A lot of the HR people don't know how to navigate the educational website to process tech prep. When you take a look at the companies in Warren County and Hamilton County that are getting tech credit dollars like OPW, it's one of our training sites, as well as uh, Pecan and other manufacturing places. They have to know that, number one, it exists. Number two, how you have assistance to help do it. And then how do you use the training dollars? But more importantly, if you don't need the module training, then you need the certification. And, and I think that more and more manufacturing companies are going to want that gold standard moving forward, Only, especially if you have government contracts and everything. Sure. If you have a government contract, you have to have industry certification. Well, and those things give them a, a, an advantage. I mean, it's the same thing with like ISO certification or ANSI or, you know, all these different companies. And they have to have so many different certifications to really make that work. 
for you guys, I think the aptitude training is awesome because you can take these employees and yeah, maybe they've been there for 15, 10, 15 years. And through just general osmosis, they're looking at, okay, I know how to do this. I've seen somebody do this 14 times. Or for them, if they test on it and they get to that point where they have the competency to do it, they shouldn't have to be retaught. I mean, maybe they go like specifically by the guidelines, like, okay, here's how this should be done. And here's the, the, the logical way to do this. I'll give you another key piece from my perspective is the coordination between a career center secondary program and their adult program. Good example is at Warren County Career Center, we coordinate with our secondary instructors. So they all have the same instructor certifications. But if you don't have that coordination, because we have high school students that are going through advanced manufacturing that should be able to get their CPT and CPT plus before they even walk out of the high school. We're not just teaching the run-of-the-mill ram tech or something like that. We could do a lot of different things. And then the other piece is you could take a high school student who's gone through the welding program, graduates, and says, hey, you know, welding is an intricate part of advanced manufacturing. So I want to now take the advanced manufacturing adult program. Guess what? You don't have to take the welding or the blueprint sections because we adapt the program to what your skill sets you already have. So we want all the moving parts. And I feel like there always is. There's so many places that, I mean, even with COVID, COVID showed us so much how manufacturers had to be versatile. Honeywell, for example, they typically make household products, consumer products. They immediately flipped on a dime and started making PPE because their people were versatile enough where they could say, you know what, we just need a new mold. We have the machinery to do it and we're going to start doing this. Honeywell ended up taking over Intelligrated, and now it's Honeywell Intelligrated because of the supply chain. And that was a company based in Mason. You got all the pieces. You're in an area that had, is doing it all and is thinking five to 10 years out and, and technology and what they're doing. Sinclair is a national center. When I was at Sinclair, you know, I was on the team that created the National Center for Supply Chain Automation. We could not place it at Sinclair because we were already a national center for manufacturing. So we partnered with Riverside, California. And we put it there, but we were the driving force. And so now in Ohio, we've taken another direction. So we're able to then look at what Kroger's doing on their new pilot center over there on 63 and 4 with the robotic. We're ready to work with them. Intelligrated and Kroger were on our uh, industry council for supply chain. And the biggest thing is that we've, we've involved material handling industry. You got the production people, you got the logistics people, and the technology that's driving it. I'll give you an example. It's actually Dayton Mixing Center at the airport uh, because they're in dire need. Uh, There are six mixing centers in the United States. That is the largest, and they were in dire straits on recruiting because of the Caterpillar and and all the companies that are on I-70 right now. And uh, They knew that Amazon was going to put 1,500 employee distribution facility across the parking lot, and and Amazon was paying $15.50 an hour. P&G was paying $16.40 an hour. Last week, they upped it to 18 So all of a sudden, you know, that, that's going to drive the entry-level people into the logistics piece of manufacturing. I selected four high schools, superintendents that surround that facility, and they're all on board with this project where they would be working with their juniors and seniors. They'll be working with two career centers, ours and there. Then we're bringing in Ohio Meets Jobs that, that will support all the workers and everything else. And then we're bringing in the educational service centers, which also support all the business advisory councils. So we, we have all the moving parts that are going to make for a, a fantastic recruiting model. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff happening. And it's associations like yours that need to to know about it and how to work with it. 
You also then have the, the largest OTCs, adult education programs, at your fingertips. And they all offer advanced manufacturing, the welding, but we're the only one that offers the IT components. Mm-hmm. So that's the other piece that that the other ones were missing. Of course, being exposed to the Advanced Manufacturing Sinclair program and their national center made me more aware of the demand for advanced manufacturing. As we all know, there is a huge demand for this. So what does the formula look like to take these partnerships and work together to make a successful pipeline for all of the companies, you know, across Ohio or southwestern Ohio. You know, what does that formula look like? Collaborating with all the supportive agencies that workers need to be successful, not only in entry level, but going up the, the, the chain within a company to make a sustain a sustainable living wage. So in advanced manufacturing, like you said, is a place that you can do that. The idea of being able to coordinate somebody who has difficulty with their car getting to work, then you hook them up with Ohio Meets Jobs. You hook them up with other agencies that will pick them up and take them to work, that will have an Uber come and pick them to work because they eliminate barriers for employment, eliminate areas for advanced education, which means higher employment. Mm -hmm. So if you coordinate all of that together, you can have a successful workforce. But if I have support agencies that are working with me on my problem, with the support that's around him, he will be continuing to be a productive worker for our company. The thing is, when people feel like they're being invested in from an employer, my employer believes in me, they want to support me. Here's the, all the other networks outside of the community organizations that want to help me grow and be successful. You are so much more invested in that career just simply because you have a support system and a backbone that wants to see you succeed. That's so true. Another aspect of that is what you hear from your HR people all the time, the soft skills, the communication skills, they're lacking that when they come in off the street. But mm-hmm. if they come through a high school career tech program, they have those skill sets. And and, and and a lot of times adults who have work experience have those skill sets. So you guys are sitting in the right place. You got the right pipeline. You're coordinating everything. And that's beautiful. But what do you do about the kid that's graduating this year from Lebanon High School on directed on what he wants to do. And now he's going to go down and work at OPW. He wants to work there, but he doesn't have soft skills or anything else. But that's where agencies like United Way have their workforce initiative program that they work with 10 employers in the, in the Warren County area that send Riley into the school as juniors and seniors to work on those skill sets and make sure they know what's expected of them when they walk into an HR office. Right. That they can go to the Ohio Means Jobs and the Aspire program that works with Warren County and get the resume skills, the interview skills, all those things to make HR's life a hell of a lot easier. Well, or even tell you what to wear to an interview. Exactly. And for some people, having even that pre-support system, absolutely, just giving you the skills of putting a resume together. What do I put on there when I have no experience or have very little experience that doesn't really translate to what's going on? HR reps at this point or, you know, business advisors, they're able to look at some of those resumes and say, okay, if they can do this, here's the skills that I think they have. And then they want to reaffirm that in the interview process. You know, and if you have like an aptitude to learn or like a willingness to come in, show up every day, despite maybe some, you know, hurdles that you have to go through, you mentioned like car trouble or 
other things. If you're willing to show up and put in the work, then the employers are going to reciprocate that. The thing that trade associations like AMIP does is connect the educational and the industry together so much more than anybody can. I mean, they join your association. They rely on you to help educate them on what the heck a CTE is. <laughs> they don't, you know, and what is the, what, what's adult ed do? You know, where do I go if I need help? And the, the people that do that are the trade association. So what advice would you have for any students or even their parents who are, are co- considering a future in a manufacturing career? Manufacturing is not like your parents envision it is. Uh, manufacturing 10 years ago was a lot different than it is today. I mean, you walk in some of these facilities now, it's like going to all a sterile hospital situation. Number one, it will give you a competitive wage to start, entry-level wage. Then number two, that once you're with a company and you like the company, company will be willing to invest in you, to train you for making a very, very comfortable living wage that you could support a family with. Manufacturing is not going to go away. And if you can take advanced, advanced manufacturing and you could take it into different interest areas, you could take it and go where, wherever you want to go with it. Companies are, are moving here because of the workforce. That's one of the, the key components why all these companies are in Southwest Ohio. Whether it's a high school graduate, whether it's a parent that wants to go back to work, whether it's a person with a bachelor's degree, all those positions are going to be there for you. And you can't tell me that if I come out of Miami with an engineering degree and I'm working in your facility, that I know everything because guy that's been working at that facility for 30 years knows more how that machine works and the intricate parts of that machine than the college book learning guy. You have enough established companies that are not going to go away. As things move forward, I think you're going to see some nice changes. Absolutely. They'll continue to need all these people and building this pipeline. Talented workers who want to learn and want to grow with them is is not going away. Exactly. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate you letting me in on it. This concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us for the AMIP podcast. You can find a link to our website and other resources in the episode description. And if you're interested in getting involved with AMIP, there's a tab on the AMIP website that allows you to get in contact with our executive director, Sean Kelly, or any of the guests that we're on today. As always, share this episode with your network and help AMIP close the skills gap across the manufacturing industry.